Good morning. This is Ehud, son of Dennis, coming to you live from the divided states of America into the republic for which it stands, two nations under God, quite divided with liberty and justice for some. Coming to you from the Middle West of that country, those countries, well, what I think should be one country um, that would be split off from the other one, but differently than what it was back in the past, because slavery does not exist, racism in its essence does not exist, there still is racism amongst individuals, unfortunately, people in the news, media especially, base everything on race, and they're the most racist people, I think, on the planet. Um, so that's unfortunate, but that's that's a whole other story. Um, this is our show for December 5th, 2021, and uh, on Sundays, we're simply just going to read through scripture, maybe make some comments, and uh, won't be like our regular shows during the week, so... Uh, today we are Matthew 20, and uh, for those of you who tune into this show, we're about faith. We're about faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, what he did for us, who he is um, after rising from the dead and being seated at the right hand of the Father and how he intercedes for us, how he is the way, the truth, the life. There is none that come to the Father but through him. He is the only way um, to God, and he was God's answer to human humanity on uh, how to be reconciled to him um, after the fall uh, with our sin that Adam and Eve committed um, way back in the day. We believe the Bible is true and errant. Uh, it's um, the one book that we don't have to worry about it uh, providing falsehoods. Um, we believe it cover to cover, Genesis to Revelation, the fact that God created the earth not that long ago. Uh, out of his power, the word of his power, it says. And uh, we're good with that. We don't need some guy in a white coat telling us we were apes six million years ago um, to feel good about ourselves. I'm sorry, that is not true. That is one of the most heinous theories ever proffered to man. But uh, um, Satan has certainly used that to his advantage. So with that, Matthew 20 Let's read through this. For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder, which went out early to the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said unto them, Go all of you also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right I will give you. And they went their way. And again he went out the sixth and ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle and says to them, Why stand all of you here? Uh, all the day idle, saying to him, Because no man has hired us. He says unto them, Go all of you also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right that you shall receive. So when even was come, the Lord of the vineyard says unto his steward, All the laborers, call all the laborers and give them their hire, beginning from the last to the first. And when they came that were hired about the eleventh hour, they received every man a penny. But when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more. And they likewise received every man a penny. And when they had received it, they murmured against the governor of the house, saying, uh, These that are last have wrought but one hour, and you have made them equal to us. Which have borne the burden of the heat of the day? But he answered of them, Friend, I do you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a penny? Take what is yours and go your way. I will give you give unto the last, even as unto you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with mine own? 
Is your eye evil because I am good? So the last will be first and the first last. For many are called, if you are chosen. And that whole story, I mean, if you think about it, we get very indignant about how we're treated if we don't feel like we're treated properly. And, you know, here's a story. When we look at somebody else and uh, the way that they use their own resources, I think this is really a, a, a offering from Jesus on individualism, individual rights, individual liberties. Um, when you look at what he says here, he says, look, you know, he owns this vineyard. Is he not, is it not lawful for him to do what he wants with his own? And you see our government, um, people playing against this principle all the time. Um, you know, the rich versus the poor. They're, they're going to, oh, everything needs to be, why should somebody else have so much more than you? Why, why is, isn't it unfair that this person um, was able to afford to go to college and you couldn't? Or was, you know, there's countless examples I'm not really prepared to, to go through all of them right at the moment. But um, suffice it to say, we hear this from the political class all the time, who, you know, when you look at Nancy Pelosi buying a $25 million home, yeah, they're really down for the struggle, aren't they? Uh, anyway, I, I don't want to digress into that. But, but again, why should I be jealous of her? If she was able to accomplish that in her life and she wants to spend money on a $25 million home, who am I to say anything about that? It's her money. You know, now, if if she did, in fact, uh, get that money from being um, dishonest, not being a person of integrity, doing things through the government that um, she should be in jail for, basically, any of the rest of us would be in jail for, um, then we should uh, um, realize that and do what's right um, in that situation, you know, to prosecute her for those crimes, um, which is never going to happen because the political class protects itself in this country. But it still comes back to the principle, is it not lawful for them to do with what they will, with what, they're, what they own? And we have to be careful of that, you know, how we handle those situations as Christians. So going on in verse 16, so the last shall be first and the first last, for many be called if you are chosen. So then he turns it into a um, lesson in uh, you know those being saved those um, proceeding into the kingdom um, you know many are called but few actually uh, are chosen to go into the kingdom you know and that's it's just a fact I think that he's getting to here so Jesus going up to Jerusalem took the twelve disciples apart in the way and said unto them behold we go up to Jerusalem the son of man shall be betrayed into the chief priests and under the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death, and shall deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and discourage and crucify him, and the third day he shall rise again. Then came him the mother of Zebedee, the children with her sons, worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him. And he said unto her, What will you? She says unto him, Grant me these, that my two sons may sit, one on your right hand and one on your left, in your kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, All of you know not what all of you ask. Are all of you able to drink the cup that I shall drink of, and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they say unto him, We are able. And he says unto them, All of you shall drink indeed of my cup, and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared by my Father. And when they heard it, they were moved with indignation against the two brethren. But Jesus called unto them and said, now see again, here again is jealousy and pride coming into the play, right? 
you know, this gal comes and asks for her two sons, which she's a mom, right? She wants her two sons to be honored. And she's asking Jesus to honor them. And, you know, everybody else gets jealous of that. Well, it's a natural thing for a mother to want that for her sons. They should not be jealous of that. Um, but Jesus says this, All of you know that princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life as a ransom for many. And he departed from Jericho, a great multitude followed him. Again, you know, Jesus gave us the example of being servant, a servant leader to others, um, influencing them in the gospel, the good news, what he was doing. And uh, here he tells us, look, that's what you're to be about. Don't worry about all these little petty things that the Gentiles get so caught up in, right? You know, trying to be a, um, to lord it over other people. And frankly, I, you know, myself, I'm struggling with that right now. I've got a meeting here tomorrow where, uh, in an organizational sense with our work, where I work at, I would really like things to be a certain way but I don't want it to be that way because I'm jealous of someone else, you know, but because I think it's the right way to organize things. And so it's, I'm sure we all run into this from time to time. And as they departed from Jericho, a great multitude followed him. And behold, two blind men sitting by the wayside, when they heard that Jesus passed by, they cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, you son of David. And the multitude rebuked them because they should hold their peace. But they cried the more, saying, have mercy on us, O Lord, you son of David. And Jesus stood still and called them and said, What will all of you that I shall do unto you? And they said unto him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. And immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. So we don't know how many people were here. Um, oh, the, the two blind men, sorry. Um, somehow I lost track of that. And so there's two guys calling to him saying, you know, help us see, Lord. And so uh, Jesus had compassion on them, touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight. One of the things that I always pick up on with this is the immediate. It didn't take 600 years for them to get their sight back. It, it was immediate. Jesus rearranged molecules and gave them new eyes. And if he could do that, I ask all of you theistic evolutionists out there, why do you believe? Why do you let the guys in the white coats influence you? Why can you not start with the Bible and go, you know what? If Jesus could do this instantaneously, he could do so at the start, at the beginning, right? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, created. You know, we don't know what material was there for him to work with at that point. We weren't there. The Bible doesn't say. It just says he created sounds like there might have been some water vapor hanging around you know but there was darkness over the deep there was no light and uh, God created all these things and again there there is no reason whatsoever outside of your fear of other men that they're going to give you a hard time or that you're trying to figure out a way to fit the Bible into evolution so you can still supposedly trust in Christ but Christ talked a lot about the early days of creation. He talked about the flood. And Peter talked about the flood. I mean, you've got to... 
use the right paradigm and start with the Bible to look at the world, to look at how things work, how things should be. And, you know, that's where we need to, to, to land. And if you're not a Christian, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, I encourage you, start there. Start with the Bible. Read the book of John. Um, get to know who Jesus says he was. And then read the rest of the book. It's, a, it's an amazing book. It's full of truth, full of, um, you know, there's some ups and downs throughout the Bible. I mean, it's not, it's a pretty honest book when it comes to things. So anyway, it's a, uh, it's immediate. Jesus is immediate. He doesn't need time to be on his side to accomplish anything. And uh, I think the folks... You know, folks that believe in evolution, I get, because they need to find something to replace God because we are made to worship something. And, uh, you know, if you're not worshiping the one true God, you're going to find something else to worship. And evolution is simply a false religion. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Um, you know, but ones that are call themselves Christians and yet try and, and follow the tenets. And, I, you know, I still remember talking to a professor at a college that, that does this. And he was always talking about his colleagues. Uh, and it just struck me as he's more concerned about what other people think than what God thinks. And uh, I just, I marvel at it, you know, but when you're running in those circles forever, it's just like people that go to Washington, D.C. and then they get sucked up in the machine. Um, you know, it, it makes me more of a proponent of term limits. You know, and even professorships and these guys that get in these colleges that should be rotated out in the real world from time to time. Um, you know, I went to a school called DeVry where they, that's what they did. They brought people in from the field, um, let them instruct people for a time, and then they, they would go back out. Um, they weren't allowed to stay there forever. They weren't tenured professors, but they were uh, learning things in the field on a regular basis. And I think some of these people that get stuck away in colleges they lose all sense of reality. So even in Christian colleges. So with that, we'll call that a, a show today. Um, we're in the Christmas season now. And uh, again, there's one who is the reason for it. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, it's, uh, it's a beautiful thing. It came upon the midnight clear That glorious song of old From angels bending near the earth To touch their harps of gold